Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three, presented as ever by Omaha. We got a lot to talk about here, and I know I say that every week, but really, we're into October. We have all the sports going. Even the NBA is starting to play some preseason ball. Let's dive into all of it. First things first, though, I would like you, nay, I would appreciate it, nay, I demand that you go and subscribe to the Extra Points YouTube channel so that you don't miss Friday Midday's release of the latest minus three 15-minute pregame show. All the games picked in the upcoming weekend of NFL action there for you. No jive. None of that stuff with the, with the, with the, you know, the stories about the hard-boiled beginnings of your favorite defensive end who was born without legs and is now starring on the big stage and all that. Those are nice stories. We just don't need them on game day. What you need on game day is who's going to win and by how much and the player props to bet. We give you all that every week. It releases on Friday, round about 4 p.m. Eastern, Eddie Spaghetti on Twitter. You can roll it from then until kickoff. And it's also, like I say, available on YouTube. Do I have that right? Yep. So the plan going forward for those listeners, uh, around 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern, will go live on the Minus 3 Pod Twitter. And then it'll also be on YouTube. So watch it wherever you want to there. Uh, we'll also then put it on Facebook, on the Minus 3 Facebook page. We'll share it also to the Extra Points uh, Pod Facebook page. And then Sunday morning, it'll be on the Extra Points Twitter as well. So plenty of places to catch the uh, the full pregame show. All right. See, I'm dancing. I'm shilling here while I'm doing that. Actually, go back and listen to our early week episode of Minus Three with Josh Yoey from The Athletic, breaking down all things NHL to get you right for this NHL season. The puck is also dropped. We need to talk about the Irish giving USC points on Saturday. Washington and Oregon is the big game in college football. A lot of prove it type games in the NFL. If you want to be a contender, it's just week six, but some games that if you're on the losing side of things, you're really getting deep in a hole there. We'll talk about that a little bit. Belichick hanging out in McDonald's. And of course, our goat and goat of the week. A lot of range within goat and goat. First though, let's say hello to our main man, seated high a top show business making all decisions of what you're going to be looking at over the next coming years in Hollywood. But right now he's here to talk about sports. It's a dark time in our world. I say, let's let our hair down a little bit and talk about some sports. Shall we? I'm looking forward to getting a break from the dark news out there. Talking with my guy, Kevin Hanks. What's the poop fella? Well, first of all, these listeners you guys are talking about now I'm nervous. I didn't realize that that we have a lot of listeners. Holy hell. Now it's not like a private conversation with my friends. No, uh, indeed. No, the, I, I will say, you know, listen, I, I, I hate to uh, toot our own horn, but, you know, and like my old man used to say, if you don't love yourself, who will? Um, so I guess we have to boop, boop, toot our own horn because uh, that 15 minute show is doing very well. Let's continue that role going and make it uh, more successful by subscribing on YouTube and watching it there. Go ahead, Hench. I'm sorry. I'm shilling. I'm dancing here. I mean, I got a lot to talk about, obviously, but you mentioned Belichick and I have you noticed like when the Patriots were winning, 
there was something kind of charming and adorable about a Belichick press conference, right? Mm -hmm. And now that they're an abomination, just a a weekly embarrassment, the like, uh, some people call it a Kaiser blade. I call it a sling blade. Like now it's like, now you you watch these press conferences. You're like, oh my God, there's something wrong with that guy. Like what, why did they wheel out this special needs guy to talk about like, what is wrong with, like, it's embarrassing. Like, obviously it was all masked by victory. And now like I'm watching him try to answer questions. It's like, oh my God, does he know what day it is? It's like, it's all, it's so horrible. Like, and it's like, Simple questions like, you know, where do you need to improve in? Like he just I don't know. I I feel like we're in a really bad place, obviously, in New England. And I don't know what the process is to go to in 15 to try to get a decent quarterback and then try to show Belichick the exit. Great. Like, okay, buddy, you did it. You went two and 15, you set us up for success. Now you got to get lost. Like, what's that like? Do you really? I told you a couple months ago, at least on this very show, that it is not implausible that this could be Belichick's last year in Foxborough. And you scoffed at the time. Do you really think, though? I mean, yeah, I, there's there's somewhere in between, like craft, like a lot of nice stuff to do. If you're not uh, spending it watching tape, coach, you could be out on a boat or otherwise. Um, do you really think that there's a chance that if it weren't Belichick, although like I could see the old man kind of acknowledging like, yeah, the game's passed me by and now I'm getting embarrassed here. Do you think he's the sort who's like, I got to stick around and get this right? Is it the coach? Is it the wins record that keeps him going? Do you think he might actually don't have to leave New record. England to get it? Don't, don't worry about that wins record. I'll well, if he left, right he now. could go somewhere uh, else. As they always here's, say, here's how fire you him and he'll record. You win games. This guy is not going to win a bunch of games. Um, the, the reason I scoffed at this, at Belichick not being the coach is be, precisely because he will not give Kraft the graceful exit. He won't, he will insist that it's that it's contentious and difficult because, like, he's a weirdo. I mean, like, obviously, he's not a normal human being who can read the writing on the wall. You know, and to your question, it's like all those nice things that a normal human being would like to do instead of trying to um, get Juju Smith-Schuster open a yard and a half downfield for a 40% possibility of a completion. Like it's, it's so bad. And, but he doesn't know anything else. He doesn't do anything else. He's, he's just, you know, uh, but you know, here's what they always say when, when, when the curmudgeons of Pittsburgh start saying like, and by the way, I completely get what you're talking about. Like it's cute when you're winning. Uh, It is, it is, downright vexing when you're losing when Tomlin is doing his platitudes and you're winning and all of that. Oh, it's adorable when it's not going well. It's like cut the crap with the, with the talk about mojo coach, teach this, these guys to block already. Can you do that? I get what you're talking about, but you know, as they always say, when, when people say, Oh, they, they, they need to fire Tomlin, dude, the games they, you know, he's no good no more. People always push back with he'd be hired in, in 30 seconds. Do you think, if Belichick, for whatever reason, was pushed out, 
if he wanted to coach, that, I mean, wouldn't the Browns even? What, now that would be a nice story. Wouldn't it be nice if Belichick returned to Cleveland to finish out and break the coaching record with Deshaun uh, Watson? <laughs> I don't I don't think there would be a big market for, really not. For, for Belichick. I mean, I think, you know, what McDaniel's doing in Miami to me is like that's the future and the present of the NFL. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Belichick Hall of Famer to he built two distinct dynasties in 20 years with the Patriots. Um, but he's he's lost it. I mean, you know, Cole Strange. Uh, Sean McVay had him pegged at uh, number 104. And right, but the, but the, but the point of that is like what, what, what it shows is the obvious reveal is that Tom Brady was was the special uh, figure in that equation, not Bill Belichick, right? right. I mean, that, and the, if you're Belichick, every week makes that more apparent, right? Yes, and so, by so, the way, when oh, people keep doing out, this thing of- Get out, while you can before everyone starts discounting Super Bowl victories. I I mean, has he already lost his claim to the greatest head coach of all time? I got to think he, I, I mean, you know, if they finish in fourth place this year, because the people saying that, well, how can you blame Mac Jones for this? The roster is terrible. I mean, really go back and look at the roster that Tom Brady took to play the Eagles in that Super Bowl a few years ago. I'm not talking about the first Eagles one. The second one, that was a bum roster, and Tom Brady just dragged it to the big game, which is a credit to him, not to Belichick. Um, so, I mean, that that that's the answer, right? Are you willing to concede now that it was always Brady? Well, I just think, you know, as we've talked about on this pod, like you had an offensive genius under center and a defensive genius on the sideline. And that's a pretty good mix. Uh, so both. Okay. And, fair. And, and Belichick stress special teams. Um, and so, so you won six Super Bowls with, without the guy who can come to the line of scrimmage and go, Oh, we're not going to do that because of the way they're, you know, they've configured that, that seven seconds of seeing where they're aligned and going like, we're dumping out of that play. Edelman, you're going to do that. You know, like that's the game. That's the game. And so I don't think, you know, obviously Belichick wouldn't be like, why'd you dump out of the play, Brady? Because uh, we scored a touch, another touchdown. Like I, there's, there's nothing better. I mean, obviously with Peyton and Brady and these guys who they take the suggestion, thanks for your suggestion, offensive coordinator. And now, you know, like, I mean, obviously if, if Russ, checks out of of uh of bevel's decision at the goal line right and hands it off like that's the game that's the game like oh my god if brandon browner jams him you know and butler undercuts the route i could throw a pick like you have to see the game in real time and obviously mac jones can't do that like i don't even know what mac you know like mac seems to get you know he comes to the line semi overwhelmed and then as the ball gets snapped, it gets worse and worse and worse. And the crazy thing about Mac Jones, like they always talked about the clock in Brady's head. Like Brady's like, you know, just knew when to move up into the pocket, when to slide. I mean, you talk mm -hmm. about that with Purdy, right? Just that that feeling. I know someone's the getting the pocket close. slide, right? Yeah. yeah. Sliding in the pocket, you know, right, exactly. And and Brady, that that clock in his head, like, I bet someone's getting close to my blind side. Mac Jones has the opposite of a clock in his head. Like 
he starts to run. And it's like, do you like when he got strip sacked from behind against the Cowboys for one of their defensive touchdowns? Like, do you think you're pulling away from people? Like, what do you think's happening right now? Time is passing and you have the ball. So as time is passing and you move with the ball, someone's gaining on you because you're glacial. So obviously you shouldn't just be kind of casually assuming you're in the clear. You should have a clock in your head that says, oh, I bet someone's about to chop it out of my hand. What's weird about Mac Jones is the regression, the mirage, the rookie season. How do you explain that? He looked good. You, I bought that like he wasn't going to be Tom Brady, but it's like Belichick did it again. That son of a fell into Mac Jones now, and he's got another 10-year QB who's just going to drive us crazy by crazy by being super efficient and not turning the ball over. And, I mean, he is, he is demonstrably, I mean, empirically worse than he was in his rookie season. How well, is that even possible? I think, you know, his, his confidence is shot, and he's he's seeing ghosts that aren't even yeah. there. Um, protection is, you know, is obviously a, a, a big deal. Um, you know, he wasn't doing anything uh, with his arm talent in his rookie year that that made you go, oh, my gosh, you know, we, we've got the guy. In fact, on this podcast before his second year, I guaranteed the Mac regression and the pa- Patriots under in, in year two. Both, you know, which which cash, obviously. Anyway, enough about these awful. People. Okay, we can move on from that team. Except I want to talk about these awful Giants. To make I know, fun. okay, but a week after getting shamed at home by Dennis Allen and Derek Carr, now it's Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G. That one hits closer to home, even though it's over in Vegas. But you know what? Just uh, one more thing about the weirdo that is Belichick. Why after the game, after getting shamed? in front of the home folk, does he not just go to McDonald's alone in his tie undone, like just the uh, uh, world weary old man. Why didn't he go through the drive-thru? Why did he get out of his car and go in to McDonald's to place his order? What, what, what's your, what's your thought on that? Uh, maybe, he, maybe he had a mix up, uh, you know, and he want, needed to have the face to face with his last order. Or, uh, I don't know, maybe another team's coordinator was naked in the drive-thru in front of him the last time he went to the drive-thru, and, and he and he had a bad experience with it. Who was that? Well, that, was, that was the Lions, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I forgot. I knew the that reference was to something that actually happened. Yeah, last time I went to the drive-thru, there was another football coach naked in front of me. So Why? I don't do that. Why did the old man anymore. get out of the car to go in? I mean, well, that does show you how retro he is. He's like, I don't trust these. Uh, I don't trust talking into those screen when I can't see a person. I can see that being why Belichick couldn't, couldn't bring himself to the drive through. But also, do you think that he, you, you, you've been a single fella in your life. Do you think that he like did the thing where you pull over. He didn't take his bag of McDonald's home. He just pulled over right there on the side of McDonald's and just opened up the bag and made himself a little, a, a little pl- like he had the, he had the different dipping sauces for his McNuggets out on the dash and everything. And he that just- is, that is a big uh, transition from, you know, uh, adolescence into young adulthood <laughs> and then into have being married where you're like, you know, it isn't until a lady is getting into your car where you go, wow, 
wow, there's a lot of McDonald's and Burger King has accumulated in the passenger well. Like there's six inches worth of debris from all the meals because, you know, I was a sports writer. So like I was on the road in, in New Hampshire and Vermont covering high school football and you, you definitely eat on the move and then you just throw your garbage over in the, in the passenger well. And then suddenly you're like, you're letting a lady into your car and go, man, I should have gotten on this. You know, there's an old Jimmy Stewart movie uh, and Hedy Lamar says that men, they uh, they they work and work to make all this money. They to get off the farm only so that they can buy a farm and go back there. That's kind of what Belichick's doing here, like eating his car like he's a, a frat dude, like makes millions of dollars, most successful head coach in history. Now, just to get back into eating his McNuggets in his uh, in the driver's side seat. Hey, what's that movie called? I don't remember what it's called. I wish I could think of it. I know. I just like, why bring up something I said in the pre-production meeting if you're not going to remember what it's called? Don't call me out. You don't embarrass me. Called Live With Me. Let's do, I feel like we're well into our goat and goat, and I think you're squarely putting uh, Belichick on the bad goat side of things. Do you want to give us your goat and goat of the week there? Uh, Yeah. Now this is going to be a little bit of a cheat because it's, it's really going to just be a series of bad goats, but I'm going to, Okay. Pretend one's a good goat. I've got to say it. The bookmakers for giving Notre Dame, uh, making them a home favorite against USC. What the hell? Okay, go. Well, ahead. it's what's crazy about that is like USC is 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 setting a record for winning and dropping in the standings. Right? Like it's this is unprecedented. You're yeah. You just keep plummeting every week. You win, uh, and and people go, you're terrible. Wow, you're awful. So uh I I mean that game is a stay away for me, but if I if I had to bet on one of those those two disappointing teams, I I would uh I would give that field. Okay, goal and, you know what? I'm sorry it. I brought it up. I interrupted you, but I'm giving it now. That is my bet of the week. USC plus three, of course. Eddie Spaghetti, Notre Dame uh faithful. Well, you're not faithful. You you're you're as down on the Irish as Hench is on the Patriots right now. Mm-hmm. But I mean what the hell are we talking about? Did we have we watched the Irish the last couple of weeks? USC, I mean, the fact that they don't play defense should be a moot point. USC should be able to hang fifty on SC. I mean, on Notre Dame the way they're playing right now, right? No, I don't. I don't agree with that. Really? I think I, I think USC will win uh, because I think Notre Dame's offense lately has been sluggish. Uh, I'm not really sure what happened, but the, if you look at Notre Dame's stats, the home versus road, and how Hartman plays, and how like all their yards per attempt and carry all that kind of stuff at home, they are a way different animal than they are on the road. Um, but again, they didn't look great versus Ohio State offensively, but defensively they were awesome. And then yeah. Uh, people were afraid uh, of Duke on the road because obviously, you know, uh, Riley Leonard, the quarterback is a great, you know, he, and then their coach is going to move on to a bigger program, but they really slowed down that offense too. It wasn't really until Louisville who nobody was even concerned with um, that really torched them. So yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams will get his, but I'm right now, I'm just kind of afraid with this, this offense um, not being able to score. So I, I think it'll, the game will probably be, uh, 30 something to 20 something. And so but that's where I have it. I, okay. I'm, so what's so that ultimately you're agreeing with me though, right? Maybe it's not a, 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 a drubbing, but you no, like no, no. the Trojans. It won't be a drub. It won't be a drubbing. It won't, they won't, I don't, the uh, SC won't be North of 40 points, but uh, I do see them covering and winning that game. Yeah. Okay. All right. Love sorry, it. Hench. Sluggish would be a massive upgrade for the Notre Dame offense after these three weeks against Ohio State, Duke, and Louisville. Oh my God, sluggish would be awesome. They've just they've been odious. Anyway, 
Um, but gosh, it's the it's the the ball the team that can't move the ball versus the team that can't stop teams from moving the ball. Anyway. I do want to say retroactively, congratulations to the Louisville Cardinal for avoiding the trap game against the Irish as you head into the big one against the Pitt Panthers this Saturday. <laughs> Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? But before you answer, two words, Caesar's rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET, Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700, Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF, Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP, Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support, Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117, New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Honorary bad goat. And I don't, I, we should, you know, we should just say it every week or put it on our website. You know, it's, it's foot, it's tangentially sports related American trader, Tommy Tuberville, bad Hmm. goat in perpetuity. For some reason, the American military has been able to defend us for hundreds of years, but now Tommy Tuberville feels like that needs to be the place where he makes his ideological imprint on America by kneecapping our military readiness. It's insane. It's insane that the people of Alabama have not risen up, that we're that we're so in our separate silos that, oh, my God, as long as he hates the libtards, whatever he's doing is great. It's like 
get that guy is a monster and uh and and every week he's the bad goat until until somebody talks some sense into him um honorary bad goat tommy tell real real that, 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 that is the the auburn like that the college football head coach lifelong and all of that that he asserts in front of people who actually served the military who are also now alongside him in Congress that he says like, no one's more military in here than I am. Like I thank goodness somebody or some people in that room with him raised their hands are like, because I served in the military and wasn't coaching football. I, I think I count as more military than you there coach. I mean, what the I'm hell are we sure, talking? This sure transcends. Man. I get the silo thing and we don't talk about politics very much on this show at this point. I, I think this one transcends party of or anything. Course, this is, this is disloyal sure, to red, white, and blue. I'm sure yeah. Nick Saban is a Republican, and I'm sure Nick Saban thinks that our military should be prepared to both defend us and defend democracy. Um, but this this idiotic moron, Tommy Tuberville, apparently can just kneecap the U.S. military. That's a Senate rule. Congratulations, Auburn, War Eagle. Well done. Um, but that's just my honorable mention. Oh. My real bad goat is baseball. Baseball, you know, baseball cannot get out of its own way, right? Ba- two, you know, one step forward, two steps back. So baseball pitch clock worked. Pitch clock, great, but great. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure, and and it, and it really, it really jazzes it up. This format, it's like Major League Baseball got together, sat down. Manfred and the gang and said, um, how can we guarantee that the best team doesn't win the World Series? What would be the best way to do that? Well, let's have them not see live game speed pitching for a week and then draw a hot team that has just won a series. So obviously the teams that get buys are all going to have to play their first series against the team that has just come off winning a series. So you get a hot team. Now you don't seem so hot. Yeah, because we haven't played in a week. It's not football where a bye week is helpful. It's baseball where you play every day. So I love this point. And because you bring up football, I feel like I have to jam it in here. It's that, you know, obviously I belly ached about this since you and I have known each other. Hench is like, you can't have short, series in baseball in a sport that has 162 games and the nature of the game the the difference between good and bad is narrower than it is in other sports and people go like well nba and nhl has 16 playoff teams why not baseball for the same reason why you don't just say like hey nba has seven uh, seven game playoff series why not in the nfl because it doesn't make one size doesn't fit all for all these things. Continue. But seven game series obviously do work in baseball. And so, sure. you know, once the once we lose our final hundred win team, once the Orioles, Dodgers and Braves have all been blown out and all 300 win teams have been vanquished. Congratulations, Major League Baseball. They're going to go, wow, maybe it's a disadvantage to sit around for a week watching a hot team coming your way. And what are they going to do? They're going to add two more teams. They're going to water down the playoffs even more. So we are going to get to to eight and eight, 16 teams, which is is not good, which, you know, it needs to be going the other way. Go back four and four, seven game series. Every series is seven games and, you know, and make create a tournament 
that favors the best team. You know what? It's so nuts that they've come up with this diabolical system that levels the playing field to the point where it doesn't matter if you won 90 games or 105. There's, you know, actually it's a disadvantage to win 105 when you get the 90 win team that's red hot. So right, if you want to silo, look, if you want to silo your wild card teams going head to head in a one game playoff, there's a certain juice to that head to head matchup. And you buy it as a fan because you feel like, well, neither of these teams is worthy. If they, they should have won their division and then they'd be in a full seven game series. Uh, and by the way, those one game playoffs, people keep pointing to those. Those weren't satisfying either. They were when after 162 games, you wound up with the exact same record as your divisional arch rival and you had to settle all hash in that one game. That had a vibe to it. What's going on now? It it ain't right. It's the the put your feet up for six games after playing no never having off more than 24 hours in any stretch for six months. Now all of a sudden, like, well, relax for five or six yeah. days. Like and, you're going to lose further than the six days off. You're like, if you won 105 games, your last 10 games didn't matter anyway. Right. Exactly. So right. You're already, you're already accumulating rust. And then Major League Baseball is going to exacerbate it by giving you a week of just BP. Uh, and the other thing baseball got wrong is like, make sure at least that the winner of the first round series might be gassed. Don't give them a off day. Like, so the, these teams that swept, like, oh, well, at least Wheeler and Nola are going to be gassed. Oh, no, they're going to be at full rest. Right, then they, they get right. Starts. It's exactly right, it's yeah. so crazy. Anyway, baseball, bad goat, not good to, to have the Dodgers and Orioles out and the, and the Braves on the precipice as we speak. Um, good goat, Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces. Okay, so now we don't talk a lot of WNBA here, but I, I found it um, curious. Uh, when the voters in the WNBA MVP voting gave Brianna Stewart the MVP when Asia Wilson is the MVP, she's the best player on the best team. And what it reminded me of was when the NBA voters, what happens is, okay, if you're going to say that it's merely the best statistical season, that's all it is. Okay, then just have the computer do it because the computer will be better at rendering who had the best statistical season than the voters. So if you're just going to just surrender and say it's just about the stats, not my understanding of basketball, then give it to the person with the best stats and have the computer do it. And we don't ha you don't have to embarrass yourself with your vote. So I was just delighted when I saw, OK, Brianna Stewart's been awarded the WNBA MVP. I'll bet she's going to play the Las Vegas Aces and the true MVP in the finals. In 1993, the NBA voters gave it to Barkley. And who did he have to play in the NBA Finals? The guy everybody knows is the MVP, Michael Jordan. Who won that series? Michael Jordan. In 1997, the NBA voters go, let's give the MVP award to Carl Malone. Why? We all know Michael Jordan's the MVP of the NBA. Hey, who does he play in the Finals? Carl Malone. Who won the series? Michael Jordan. Why? Because he's the MVP. So the Aces are destroying the Liberty. Asia Wilson's averaging 23 and 12 on 63% shooting. Brianna Stewart's shooting 39% in the finals. It's like, oh, wow. Is anybody surprised by this? No, nobody's surprised by it yet. And this is true equality. You've really reached equality 
when the MVP voters in the WNBA are as idiotic as the people who gave Embiid the, the MVP last year. It's like, hey, Joel Embiid is the MVP. Oh, really? Yeah, he's clearly the MVP. Who would you take first overall? Jokic. Oh, so you don't think he's the, who would you take second? Giannis. Oh, but, but he had the best statistical season. Right, right, right. He piled up the most meaningless stats, got it, and then didn't even get to the finals to be embarrassed by Jokic because that team's not very good and he's not the MVP. And you know what else reminds me of, Sheck? I'm so glad that Eric Carlson was minus two in his first game for the for the Penguins. Why? Why would you be happy? And, about that? and Hampus Lindholm was plus three in his first game for the Bruins. So last year, Lindholm was plus 49. Eric Carlson was minus 26. The geniuses who vote for the Norris Trophy go, Eric Carlson's the best defenseman in the NHL. Yes, he, you're more likely to surrender a goal with him on the ice than with him on the bench, but he's a great defenseman. So now Hampus Lindholm, five goals ahead of Eric Carlson in the plus minus race. And you know what that means to, to Norris Trophy voters? Tell Eric me. Carlson, great defenseman. Oh yeah, Hampus Lindholm. You can't so, you can't have a conversation about 21st century puck without invoking the name Hampus. What are you talking idea, about? You're, you're a Bobby Orr idea, guy. You're, if the idea, well, Bobby Orr was a great defenseman. You want to talk about Bobby Orr's plus minus? Yes, Bobby Orr was putting the puck in the neck. Eric Carlson does one half of the job. He okay. helps your team. All right, listen. Okay. He does none of the defensive part. So, but anyway, the point is the people who are supposed to know the most about these sports know nothing, mm. but I've masked it in a good goat. Asia Wilson, WMB, uh, WNBA MVP, and soon to be champion. All right. I like it. I like here. a lot of it. Um, I don't like the shots taken at my black and gold hockey team when your black and gold hockey team took the ice wearing black hats and those white sweaters. It didn't look quite right. Um, it is neat to watch the next superstar of the NHL early on looking like he's going to be the real deal. Connor Bedard, of course. Um, I'll say this when when it comes to uh, what's happened on the ice so far, Eric Carlson and all that big debut, 87 kid Crosby passing the torch kind of sort of to Connor Bedard and all of that. And what gets in the way of the hockey game on the banks of the three rivers, black and gold faithful taking time out of their evening as they're trying to be entertained by the, the doings on the on the ice chanting fire Matt Canada the offensive coordinator of the Steelers, where to begin on this? The Steelers won last Sunday. They beat the arch rival Baltimore Ravens. The Steelers in the standings right now, I know you feel like they're underwhelming Steelers fans. If you are buried deep in a hole and Steelers obsessed, and this team isn't as good as I was hoping they would be, pick up your head and look all around the AFC. The Steelers are not just three and two and in first place in the North, the only North team two and O right now. They, if the playoffs started tomorrow, which they won't because they intend, I have it on good authority to play out the full regular season. But if they did start, they would be the third seed right now. I'm not praising the Steelers. What I'm saying is, is that the NFL is thoroughly mediocre, save a couple of teams, but they did just win. And you're chanting fire Matt Canada. And I am not saying that's not your right. I believe in free speech. I'm I'm borderline absolutionist when it comes to uh, absolutist when it comes to free speech. Say whatever you want. 
but I'm allowed to make fun of you for being a You went to a hockey game and you chanted fire mad Canada. What is this burning desire among Pittsburghers to turn into Philadelphia or New York city sports fans? It's a bad look. It's an attempt to feel important or relevant that you can, you can shout a name. You're ill-informed. You don't know what you're talking about. You wouldn't be able to look at an all 22 and, and divine who's at fault. So go ahead and chant and join, join the masses chanting to fire this offensive coordinator. It's weird stuff. It's dark stuff. It's unnecessary. I don't like it. You know, I, I it's very this, weird. You know, what do you this, think of it? You know those those uh they, they, those trucks where you can have a video playing on the side of the truck, you know, and you can drive yeah. it around town with your whatever whatever your message is. So when the Fire Mat Canada crowd is in full throat, Fire Mat Canada, the truck should pull up and it should just project any New England Patriot possession onto the screen, and then every Fire Mat Canada guy would be like, oh, oh heavens. Oh my God! Is that right? Is that, what the, is that what the Patriots are doing? The Patriots can't convert second and one ever. Wow! You know, like they would all just kind of slink away and go, "Wow, gee, I I didn't realize our guy maybe isn't so bad." Well, I said it to Spaghetti earlier in the week, and I'll say it to you now. Listen, there are the Chiefs and the Dolphins, and I guess the Bills by virtue of their head to head, but that one gets a little asterisk because. The Bills had to win that game or the division was a wrap in September, it felt like. And then on the other side of things, you have the Niners and you have the Eagles. And then that's it. You can watch those teams and be impressed if you're a fan of theirs or a foe of theirs. After that, everything is pretty mediocre. Everything is middle class to lower class when it comes to these NFL teams. Yes, you can wring your hands and watch Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett try and make a go of things, but you could also go and watch Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott flail around um, against that same Niners team that hammered the Steelers in week one. And like you say, it's all over the league. These teams that are playoff relevant teams look like junk. So, I, I you know, it's just weird just- stuff. Just so Spaghetti and I have this for posterity and Spaghetti can flag it and mark it. Yeah, mark, yeah. Mark the date. Your bad goat, Yin's Yin's bad goat. Yeah. This week is the people of Pittsburgh. No, the Whoa! ones, the ones, the Don't ones who chanted Canada. The people who built this city, the iron steel, the people who built this country, they're the bad, they're the bad goat. They the are allowed. The one supporting the economy by buying tickets and promoting the game of hockey. They're they're bad people. I never thought this day would come. No, 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 no. Listen, they are allowed to do whatever they want to do. I'm allowed to make fun of them for wasting their time on the big blue marble chanting as grownups about another grownup who needs to be fired. I, it, it's weird behavior. And like I say, I would expect it of Philadelphia or New York City where people like to puff their chest out and be like, dude, we got that guy fired. Weird stuff. What? Now, what's the, what was the South Park song, Blame Canada? That's right. Yep. That would have been funny. Like if they were just singing. Uh, right, if they could all get it together and sing. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But um, yeah, and by the way, not a great beginning to this Pittsburgh Penguins uh, season to lose at home to the Chicago Blackhawks. Connor Bedard, notwithstanding, Ugh. shocking that a team the average age thirty seven would fall, oh, apart. fall apart in the third period of a hockey game. There won't be a lot more of that coming. All right, 
good enough. You know what? I wish I could summon the energy to push back, but I am down in the dumps. I'm running out of sports seasons. I mean, I'm on to pit basketball. And then after that, is it like I'm rooting for the wild card Pittsburgh Pirates of 2024? Listen, we don't have time to fire Matt Canada. I'm focusing on the here and now, but uh, spaghetti in the here and now. It's your turn. Go. I I I mean I have my good goat and bad goats locked in, but I I feel like you taking shots at New York sports fans for being passionate about things they dislike and saying it's like that's not a Pittsburgh thing. It makes Pittsburgh seem lamer than, Why? than New York of the because you're basically saying that like we're good folks, we 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 stay quiet, and we suffer quietly. I don't agree with that. I think the Boston, the Philly, the New York, those are known as great sports towns because they're passionate. And I'll get into some New York stuff with that. I mean, but just- I've told you before, and I'll tell it to you again. It crosses a line when the meet, when the local media and the fans start to negatively impact the players and the teams. Then what are you really doing there? The idea that it's hey, everybody's not cut out to be a Philadelphia athlete here. Like it's a, it's a it's a pressure cooker here. And who was it? Ed Whitson with the Yankees. I was like, I just can't hack it. I don't like getting booed and all that stuff. And Yankees fans all patted each other on the back. Like, yeah, New York, not for everybody. Get out of here. Like, wouldn't it have been better if Ed Whitson had worked out for your team instead of you scaring them out of town? That's weird behavior. Yeah, but people do succeed in those markets. I mean, Philadelphia sports has been great lately. Literally, it's like they're in their, their like golden era with three out of the four teams being awesome. I don't I don't. I, think, I don't get the idea of like, you got to run the gauntlet of us. I don't think just Fruit, because like, the Steelers are three and two and be the three seed doesn't mean you could be like happy with every, I don't know. I, I definitely, I'm not happy with it. I'm telling you that I understand that there are only four teams that really are eligible to win the Super Bowl this year. But I also know the other side of that playing devil's Damashek hench answer this one. We also know, as I say, the final four is a lock, right? It's dolphins and chiefs and it's Eagles and Niners, except that we know by paying attention to football history, that it's not going to be that. It's wild to consider that somebody's going to rise up and get in the way of what should be a golden final four, right? I mean, and by the way, who do you think that team is? As we're, Now that I just veered hard off of uh, Spaghetti's goat and goat to to dip back into this subject. Well, it's you funny, you know, in, in terms of, of fan bases that should be upset with coaches, you know, I texted you, uh, I don't know how Harbaugh is passing up field goals in games that always end up 13 to 10. Like you're, you're, you're going to go for it on fourth and two at the end of the half, instead of having Tucker just kick a chip shot. Apparently Linderbaum saw the, saw a defender jump. And so he snapped it to try and get the encroachment penalty. But yes, no matter what, I mean, that, that is oh, ultimately were, well, a coaching no matter what. To snap it. They weren't, is that, I mean, that, that, that does, <laughs> Wow. (laughs) That is putting a lot of pressure on your center. I'm not, by the way, spaghetti, your takeaway should not be that I am praising the Steelers. I'm, I I, I'm pleased that they're three and two. And I think it's very funny that they beat another team that should have beaten them and they beat them, you know, 17 to 10 in that ridiculous fashion that they did. Uh, My, my, my point is that I don't like the trend of Pittsburgh sports fans somehow emulating the, you know, the the acidic tone of of Philadelphia and beyond. That's all. Well, well, I but to your question of who could junk up that final four, um, you know, there's a version of that Ravens Steelers game where the Ravens score 35 points because right. all their receivers don't drop every pa- like it would the montage is staggering of every two back-to-back touchdown passes 
Andrews dropping balls. He must have dropped that three drops. He brought three. He dropped three. I went back and watched it. Zay Flowers dropped a couple. The worst one was probably Bateman, who also could have run under an almost perfect deep ball from Jackson, and he didn't run it out. He barely even got his hands on it, but it looked like it it, it was going to hit him in stride there. But yeah, I, and but but all that being said, the number one culprit, a lot of drops and all that. But if you are the $50 million man, Lamar Jackson, whatever else has you in this spot, you can't throw that pick with five minutes to go. That's a, that's a, a, a horrible pick. The game's over if you just take care of the ball there. And he did. But like, like you're an NFL quarterback. So like if, if you're, if I'm sitting on one end of the couch and you're sitting on the other end of the couch and you're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go pick up uh, uh, some more beer and pizza. And then I'm like, Oh, thanks, Sheck. But I'm parked behind you. So here, take my car. And then I throw you my key. We're on the same couch. And I throw you my keys, but I hit spaghetti in the face who's who's <laughs> standing in the hallway. Like, how can you throw a you're a professional quarterback? Here's where the ball's supposed to go. And here's you threw it. It's like I'm gonna throw it to a place so the only guy who has a chance at it is the other team, right? You know, like they, they say, oh, look where he put that ball. Only his guy had a chance at it. No, no, Lamar put it in a place where his guy had no chance at it. And, you know, I mean, you know, they do the uh, next-gen stats probability. I'm going to throw a ball that has a 99% chance of being intercepted. Yeah, of course, of course, the... the uh, I don't even know that the, the, the decision to put the ball up there is that bad, but but the ball is is horrible he short arms it and he throws it towards the hashes instead of away if he if, you know if he throws that towards the back corner odell probably does beat but Joey i think Porter what Jr. makes the decision horrible is that none of us are surprised when lamar throws the ball directly to the other team that's what that, that's how you know it's a bad decision I think that, you know, I, I continue. I, I feel like I've misread this Ravens team. And to your point, they certainly should have and could have whipped the Steelers last Sunday. I I don't I think over the course of the season, though, that defense just ain't good enough. And my answer to the question I just asked you is the Detroit Lions or the Seattle Seahawks, the team, the teams that could sneak into that final four and get past. It would not surprise me at all if Detroit and Philadelphia hooked up for a divisional round gem and Jared Goff st- somehow emerged victorious in that. I could see that happen. Also with the Seahawks, we continue to not fully buy them. And I can't figure out why is it a Geno Smith thing? Why don't we embrace, is it because they're in the same division as the team that we understand to be the best right now, five weeks through? Is that why we're a little well, down on the funny. Seahawks? I think, I think part of why, Everyone got immediately down. And I like both those teams. I'm with you. I think both those teams are excellent in all phases. And part of the reason we got down on the Seahawks is they they lost to a Rams team that we thought was going five and 12. We thought the Rams were bad. So hmm. it's like, oh my God, the Seahawks must be really terrible. And then the Seahawks go into Detroit and put a whooping on the Lions. And we're like, wow, the Lions must be bad because they lost to a bad Seahawks team who lost to the Rams. Rams are pretty good. So right away, we're like, the domino effect is, that's not a shocker that the Rams won that game. McVay has the Rams playing very competitively. Mm-hmm. And, and people who got Cooper Cup for $15 in the draft might might compete in their leagues despite Nick Chubb's injury. Um, 
And and so then that beatdown that the Seahawks put on the Lions, also not aberrant, two very good teams. And, and uh, you know, as I've been saying, like when you have corners like Witherspoon and, and Woolen, it it makes everyone else better when you can put guys on an island. Then you can play nine guys against their remaining players. Same as if you can rush just four and have the extra defender drop back in past situations. Yeah, same sort of logic flipped the other way. Um, you know, by the way, as we have this very quickly, also have to shout out the Bengals there. They're one of those teams that you want to look at the standings and be like, man, they lose to Seattle at home here. And I went through this math um yesterday in my head like imagine if they lose that one and they're two and four like it seems like they're getting better but if they drop that one man they're really getting behind the eight ball and then i realized the bengals are one of those teams like it would not be surprising at all if they're two and four since he doomed like oh yeah then in december it's like yeah remember when they won 10 in a row then when we thought they were in trouble, they're that kind of team. So I think Cincy obviously is going to be a factor. Um, so long as uh, Burroughs calf jazz is, uh, is in the rear view mirror. Okay. All that said, spaghetti back to your goat and goat. Well, since we're uh, talking a little bit about the, the penguins and their, their fan base, I'm going to start with my good goat here. And um, the first, oh, I got, I got, I got to give a shout out to uh, obviously Barry Melrose. The news came out that he has to retire from ESPN Parkinson's uh, very sad to hear that me growing up watching ESPN and then the hockey coverage is always through Melrose. He, you know, they would just shift to him and he would go through all the whole entire league when ESPN cared about hockey years ago. Then obviously the other hiatus, they care about it again, which leads me to my next point. Um, is, you know, the, the the game, the Bedard Blackhawks versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Crosby versus Bedard matchup, the most watched game ever on ESPN, uh, almost a million and a half viewers. That's not counting mm. the, the rabid animals inside that arena who are screaming Fireman Canada, but a great number for a game. Um, and obviously, we're seeing the beginning of a great career for Bedard. So, again, I think Melrose really put his uh, the stamp uh, of the NHL on ESPN years ago, and now it's succeeding, and it's great for me as a hockey fan and um, it just, uh, I think the league's only going to get better and better, especially when we have star players like this who already has an assist, already has a goal in his next game. So that was great to see. So that's my uh, my good goat there is hockey. My bad goat. I like that. The thing with Bedard is, though, I mean, like, what what is the what what's the league leader in shots per game? Because Bedard's got to be blowing that out of the water. I've never seen a rookie or anyone else come out did he have like 10 shots in that first game and then against the Bruins he had a ton as well I've, I can't remember anybody with that volume two games into their career or at any stretch just I mean the, you know on on trendy I know on the the Wednesday episode Toby gave out um the over on Leon Dreisaitl uh two and a half shots on goal and uh, this is a guy that is an MVP winner, uh, a guy who's on arguably the best power play unit of all time. Um, and, you know, it seems like Bedard is out shooting everyone. And, uh, you know, I was talking to you off the air about this and I was saying like, this is the Jack Hughes kind of experiment where it's like, you just put him out there first line minutes, first unit in the power play minutes and just keep him on the ice and get him acclimated to this NHL game. He's still a very young kid. He's not even fully like developed. Like he's still a teenager. Um, it's crazy. He didn't even grow so, up yet. He's still no. like, he's, he's still uh uh, like five foot four, it looks and, like, and there. still beat the Penguins, which is crazy. So, um, I I think that this is actually a really smart move for the Blackhawks, who are 
they're not a D team. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league, but they have some guys on there with, you know, Hall and Perry and, and Jones on defense. So there's some guys. And I think that as long as he's playing with those vets, um, you know, they'll show him the ropes. And I, I think it's a smart move for them to keep their best players out there. The opposite of what the, uh, the stupid Rangers do, which is uh, get their, their, their phenoms quote unquote, third line minutes, not no, no power play time, but I'm not here to, to, to poo poo on them. I'm going to poo poo on another team for my bad goat. And I'm not sure if you guys have seen this, uh, the stuff, the quotes from, um, Hal Steinbrenner and I also feel like every week my I, I apologize to listeners like I don't want to just crap on my teams every week but they seem to always find a way to come into my life when I'm trying to avoid them but Hal Steinbrenner was with Randy Levine the uh, the team president they at some like sports conference and uh what or like whatever Hal said the lack or the lack of what he said is really just getting you know grinding the gears of everyone in New York and he basically said a lot of things without saying anything that's like the sign of somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about and like some of these quotes were absolutely insane like he talks about how he uh you know he may fire some personnel possibly but it might not just be personnel he says they have to look into their biomechanics as a team i don't know what he what does biomechanics have to do with baseball um you know he says that that he they met with a group of 15 people and uh they said it you know it was kind of contentious in there but ultimately it was good like he just kept reversing everything he was saying which is a whole lot of nothing we know the Yankees have to go through a lot of issues and i'm bringing this up because in 2018, these these comments are now kind of resurfacing. But from Brian Cashman, Brian Cashman said, uh, and by the way, a guy that Hal Steinbrenner gave a, a nice extension to last year, uh, who should be on the hot seat. But uh, in 2018, Brian Cashman said that uh, Bryce Harper is not a fit for the Yankees because the Yankees already have six outfielders and uh, Harper playing first base is not realistic. Well, Bryce Harper is currently playing first base for the Phillies and he had a three run home run yesterday and is, you know, one of the faces of baseball, a guy that would have been an iconic Yankees player. And if you're wondering who those six outfielders were, the Yankees had back in 18 and I'm going to, you know, judge and Stan, it's fine. Stan, you want to poo poo, but he was coming off of his MVP season, the 59 home runs. I think he played like 155 games in the outfield. So I'm not going to, you know, crap on them for that, but the rest of the group, uh, Ellsbury Gardner, Frazier Hicks. Um, those guys are no longer with the team. Obviously, uh, Brett Gardner retired. Jacoby Ellsbury is out of the league. Uh, Frazier, they moved on from Hicks. They moved on from this year. So, um, I, I mean, it, I hate to do the whole, if George Steinbrenner was alive sort of thing, cause he's been dead for 13 years now, but this like Bryce Harper was a candidate for the blank check. It would have been George Steinbrenner saying Brian Cashman, give him whatever he wants. He has to be in the pinstripes. And we no longer have that. Now we have the owner, the son uh, at, you know, a sports uh, investing conference with the the uh, the dumb team president just saying a bunch of platitudes that don't really mean anything. And uh, I'm just to really get the Yankees frustrated, especially seeing their rivals go out early in the playoffs. And they think you could have been there. This is supposed to be a good year. Uh, And to see this, this garbage going on, it just really gets me uh, upset. And I know these cash from quotes from, from years and years and years ago, but it just shows you why this team needed to bring in an outside company to audit them and figure out what's actually going wrong because it's just a mess right now. So um, that is the end of my Yankees ran. I promise I will try to find bad goats that are not involving New York teams. Well, they crap on you. You can crap on them. They, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I, it'd be interesting to look at, you know, self-made men versus their fail sons, just historically, right? Like you, you grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth because your dad's a big deal. And then you're, you're just, you're just not as good as your old man. I mean, that's, that's, that's how that works. Um, but real quick, 
I, you know, thinking about the Yankees, the Red Sox, all these teams who were disappointing heading into next season, you at spring training, you got to go, you got to say, Hey guys, bring it in, bring it in. Listen, we got to do everything we can this year to win 91 games, not 105. Don't win 103 games because that's, that is a death sentence. You'll definitely get blown out in the playoffs. You got to go in as a wild card because it's a huge advantage over sitting around for a week uh, and rotting. And to your, to your thing about Harper. So the, you know, the Red Sox did this with Mookie, right? It's like, like those big contracts, they may pay off early. They may pay off mid, but they're going to be brutal for a long time when you're look when you're on the hook for, for Mike Trout's corpse for, for five years. And what's, and, and Mookie was supposed to be the exception. So Mookie was the guy who's such a transformative player on both, you know, offense, defense, outfield, infield, incredible in the community. Man, the hand-wringing in Los Angeles after the sweep, after Mookie and Freddie in a very small sample size, how much longer they have with Mookie and Freddie. Is the Mookie-Freddie decline phase starting? Like, it's it's like, it's anguish, obviously, being swept by the Diamondbacks, but it's like, it's like, wow, you know, they they won the COVID championship with no fans in the stands, you know, so they got their championship with Mookie. But if that's it, if that's your only championship with Mookie, then it wasn't worth it. It wasn't. No, and and then they joined the pantheon of of you know like the '90s Braves and the Favre Rogers Packers window. Like this is, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like I I, I keep saying journey over destination as a sports fan. If they keep giving you another week of entertainment, another month, another season, but man, oh man, one title for that Dodgers team. What is it? 12 years in a row in the postseason, And you got the one title and Dodgers fans can push back all they want. They know deep down that one only counts as half the COVID titles do not resonate the same as the other titles did. I know that people don't want that to be true, but it is in fact the case. And you know it in your gut. You of don't course need to it's true. I mean, the Lakers win a bunch of pickup basketball right. games in an empty gym. That counts as a, a, a building rocking, you know, winning on the road, yeah. you know, in a hostile environment. Of course they have asterisks. By the way, Devil's Damashek has to point out that even though I am saying that it's weird to chant fire Canada at a hockey game. And just because it is the preponderance of it. Now you cannot have a conversation around Pittsburgh sports without cracking wise or seriously pounding the table for the millionth time that the offensive coordinator has to go. Um, I am for being allowed to criticize professional athletes. That's part of the deal. As we've talked about, Daniel Day-Lewis is like, I don't want to have to go on late night shows. Well, then don't be an actor. That's part of the gig. If you're making millions for it, you're allowed to be This Micah Parsons thing, and now the Atlanta Braves thing of like, the media betrayed us by letting uh, our clubhouse is a sanctuary. No, it's not. It's a clubhouse. And part of in the clubhouse is the media, and they are reporting on what you do. This attempt by... Today, and I mean 2023's athletes, Micah Parsons being like, not cool to criticize other football players. Like, what? What are we talking about? This uh, Devil's Damashek says, weird to 
endlessly obsess over the offensive coordinator. It's another thing for the professional athletes to say out of bounds to say bad about us, right? I know it's it's always so funny that and like the motivation, like you know, the, like and the other team doesn't like you, whatever. Like it's all you know. It's like I mean, that was the great thing about the last dance is the the lengths Jordan would go to to manufacture some some rage against the guy who walked by him in a restaurant. Um, it's pretty hilarious. But the, the other thing is like fans who think, regardless of personnel. The offensive coordinator is supposed to just move the sticks. It doesn't, it, it makes no difference if you can block or pass or run the football. Like it's like, yeah, he's trying, you know, and 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 so in a weird way, it's like like you were saying, uh, with Mac Jones rookie season, like kudos to the guys who can mask inferior talent, you know, and I and I don't think anybody thinks that that uh that Pickett's gonna be an all-timer. So, you know, he, you know, Canada's looking at the same laminate that everybody else is looking at, right? These are the basic plays you run. But we have to blame assess. We have to credit and blame assess everything now. That's the way it kind of works. And right, the answer is ultimately unsatisfying because we would like to be able to circle someone and be like, that's the one to blame or credit. So do you think when that in fact, the locals don't want to blame the, the, the local hero. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's part of the issue there. And now a quick break. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, let's get to 
our best bets of the weekend. I already gave you, I think the USC will cover in South Bend and uh, the other one, the big one, um, Washington and Oregon, Oregon and Washington to Pac-12 juggernauts who are ahead of USC in our perception in the standings and in the rankings. And otherwise, the survivor of this one is going to have the inside track to being in that final four. It's a tough one to pick. Even Jeff Schwartz, our Pac-12 wonk, he doesn't know which way to go. I say both of these offenses are near unstoppable. Let's all bet the over and have a good time with it. 66 is where it is right now. Let's all go over. Bo Nix or Michael Penix for the Heisman. I don't know. Let's root for them both to be eligible when the game's ended. The way that happens is if it goes over, over 66. That's my best bet of the weekend, along with the USC one. I love it. Um, I, I This seems weird to be a best bet, but uh, I like the Bears. I don't know why this number has hmm. gone from two and a half to three. Bears plus three at home versus the Vikings without without J.J., you know, the the Bears figured some stuff out. And, you know, Justin Fields has a perfect quarterback rating when he throws to DJ Moore. DJ Moore is going to be playing. Justin Jefferson is not playing. The Vikings, are, you know, I know they play close games, but it's like the Bears. Now, now it, Herbert's going to be out, but I, I bet Foreman goes in there and they just maul them. I, I you know, uh, I think that, that Fields, the, the running back uh, committee, and, and DJ Moore put up another big number against this mediocre Vikings team. That's my best bet of the week. I, I like Washington minus three against Oregon. Um, and then and then this is like, I, I think we're overthinking these games a little bit too much when they involve the Niners. You know, when you watch that Cowboys dismantling, if you're like, if you were looking like, you know, if you were scouting the Niners and go like, where's the, how can we expose them? What do they do? You know, you're like, oh, like to, to your point about being able to rush four and get to the quarterback, you know, being able to leave all those heavy hitters ro roaming over the middle. Um, so obviously the defense is incredible. The, the attack, the running game, the short passing game, the, the medium to deep passing game, this number in Cleveland is too small. Like, it's like, it's like, I don't know who thinks that I know the Browns defense is good, but good defenses get demoralized when the offense can't hold up its end. And there's no way that the offense is going to hold up its end against the Niners. I think the Niners win. Yeah, I should. I, I, it's too late now. I've locked my pick in. We made it uh, on the 15 minute show. You'll have those on Friday. So I, I, I am concerned about uh, that particular play. What to me, the Sunday night game, I mean, don't you think the Niners and Cowboys have approximate uh, talent levels. It just showed the difference in coaching. That's really like we keep talking about coordinator and coaching versus players and all that kind of stuff. But really, that was the the greatest proof of what a difference coaching makes, right? Like McCarthy and his retro stuff versus what Shanny's doing. Blowout. Shanny just threw an invisibility cloak over Lawrence and Parsons. Like, are they playing? Are they in the game? Are they playing? Like, and again, that, you know, that's, I mean, obviously it helps to have great linemen, but there's also scheme and, and yeah, uh, you know, it, it, Shanahan is, is, is doing something different for sure. Um, so I had this thought watching that, that kicking, who's going to beat the Niners. Who's going to beat them over 60 minutes. Like, 
I think they're going to be favored every game, every game year out. I mean, the, and, and you know, they're, they're they're wherever they put the number there, you know, except for McVay's last second field goal. It's going to look crazy if that's the only t- game that got covered this year, but they keep covering these big numbers. And I think at the beginning of the season, we're like, well, obviously you're in a bad division, which isn't as bad as we thought it was. But, you know, okay, let's say they go 6-0 and in the division, but they have the AFC North, so there's no way they're going to win all four of those games. I don't know. That doesn't look as, as tough an, uh, an order as it did at the beginning of the season. Uh, I, you know, let me be the first person to, to jump on the irrational, wouldn't surprise me if that team ran the table. Guys, not irrational. We've seen it with our own eyes. Go ahead and bet it. Do it. Is okay. that available, Spaghetti? Niners run the table, at oh. least in the regular season. Obviously, I don't think it'd be a, you know, 20 and 0 option. As we as we know, it would guarantee a loss against the Eagles in the conference championship game. I know I, you know what? I am in my own head. You're absolutely right about the Niners. It's like they can't annihilate everybody they play. There and is. the Browns are in a big spot for their season. That's why I I lean to the home team there. Go ahead, spaghetti. So obviously, um, you know, but without the regular season wins over, obviously is the bet you can make. They have Caesars has a team to go seventeen or no, uh, and if you say yes, it's plus nine fifty. So that bet can Ooh, be made. Yeah. Let's do it. That's a fun Ooh, la, bet, la. Hench. Ooh la la! I love. Well, there's only one team we could do it with, right? Is there an undefeated? Oh, Eagles are undefeated. Eagles, They're not yes. going undefeated. And they they play each other, so the answer is yes. There's only one team. Let's make that bet. That's a fun one. We can all get in on that. Plus 950. And I think that is not as uh, irrational as you called it, uh, as uh, as it would seem. Like, you know, yeah, this, this team is steamrolling everybody. And the toughest game, they're like, well, I guess the Seahawks present as, as a more difficult well, game. I think they're at Philly. Okay. Um, all right, Spaghetti, let's uh, bring it on home here. Best bet for us. Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't like to give out a ton of NFL stuff just because we have the pregame show, but I, I, the more I'm seeing this rolling as a recording, like every one of the Giants is injured. There's a really good chance that Tyrod Taylor plays. I, I know it's two touchdowns, but I just think the Giants are in a miserable spot right now where everyone significantly on the roster is injured. So that stinks, um, but bet the Bills. And then for my college football bets, um, I'm with you, Shaq. We're talking about the SC Notre Dame game. I like SC to cover. Um, I'm also with you on that Oregon-Washington over 66. It was 67 last night. 66 is great. There's no way it doesn't. I feel like that's like a 38-35 kind of game minimum. Um, I, I can't also make a decision of which side I'm leaning with Washington or Oregon. Um, both offenses are super explosive. So have fun that game, bet the over. And then uh, two other games I like a lot. Um, this one's tomorrow. Uh, the Colorado Buffaloes are taking on Stanford. who's terrible. The good news is for Colorado, it seems like, Per Dion, per Coach Prime, that Travis Hunter's coming back makes him a little bit more dynamic on both sides of the ball. So they're, I know they're laying 11 and a half, but again, Stanford's miserable and getting their uh, best player back, I think, is going to help them. And the other game I like too, maybe this is me kind of um, overcorrecting how brutal that Miami Hurricane loss was, um, but they're playing North Carolina. I think Drake May right now is on a hot streak and he looks phenomenal. And everyone's talking about Caleb Williams, but we're forgetting how good Drake May is. Drake May is the uh, best passer in college football um, into single coverage. He will make you pay if you don't double the guy he's throwing to. And I like uh, UNC laying a three and a half there. So I have the Tar Heels. I have the Trojans. I have the Buffaloes. And I have the over in uh, Oregon, Washington. I don't know how 19-year-olds, impressionable 19-year-olds, 
don't feel like the head coach just gave their season away in Miami. I feel like that's a gut punch that you don't come back from. I agree with you there. Well, no, I go the other but, way. Oh. I go, I go because it because it was so asinine. Now they have to win out to make it like they, they, like to make it even worse. You know, if they lose to to North Carolina, then it's like, oh well, big deal. You know. It's like the, it it will as if they keep winning, it will <laughs> right. grow in magnitude of the uh, of of the uh, Herman Edwards Joe Pasarczyk. Well, Alicia, that's exactly right. Thank you for invoking that. It was not uh, brought up nearly enough, but that's exactly what it was. And of course, the great answer to a trivia question is who was Pasarczyk trying to hand the ball off? Larry to? Zonka. Larry Zonka to bring it full circle with Miami. There we go. Real quick, spaghetti. Does Caesars have this bet? Eric Carlson to finish minus 50 and win the Norris. He's not minus going to you creep. against and win the Norris because that's what are you Mike McCarthy or Bill Belichick? That, that plus minus is an irrelevant statistic. It's been blown out of the water by the, by the analytics people. They, that's what they tell me. I don't know. That's what I heard. It doesn't matter. He's not, he's on a, he was on a terrible team last year. Of course he had a terrible plus. All right. Nine. Well, let's keep a, let's keep a close eye. Cause he's not on okay, a terrible let's. team this year. Right. Hench, or is you he seen, on a terrible team this year? Have you know. seen, uh, have you seen his odds for the Norris? No, he's uh, he is plus 18. He's eighth right now, or uh, tied for seventh rather. With uh, Charlie McAvoy, your guy, he's plus eighteen hundred right now, and they still have him in the top ten to potentially win Norris. So, hope that doesn't upset you too much. Guess what? It's going to be Kale McCarr. Spoiler alert! Yeah, it, that, that's the the correct bet to make on that one. All right, listen, Sarah Tiana, she is uh, angst ridden right now, watching her Braves. Listen to that pain play itself out in audio form, along with Erica Ligny a Tampa sports fan, two comedians, good times there on extra points. Spaghetti is on trendy three times this week with Toby Mergler. Check those out. Um, Jen Piacenti and Spaghetti doing waiver wired lemon pepper parlay with Marty Weiss and Mark Gunnels chopping up all things football. And did I get them all spaghetti? Uh, yes. And I know covering glory is off this week due to the, um, the uh, hiatus they have going on overseas in the EPL. All those shows important to check out, but most important, call to action. Go in that, subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Extra Points channel. Watch the 15-minute pregame show. We appreciate you doing that and supporting all the stuff here on Extra Points. For Kevin Hench, Eddie Spaghetti, we'll talk to you on the other side of the sports weekend. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>